Did you ever secretly wonder what it might be like to be a butler? What would servanthood feel like? I decided to explore this fantasy of mine in The Butler Should Do It. As strange as it may sound, I've always secretly wished to be a butler. The fantasy was always driven by a great many misperceptions, of course, that butlers were refined people who spoke with British accent, that they were as financially secure as their employers, living within the same quarters as the very wealthy, that becoming a butler required little more than an ability to say, yes, sir, yes, madam, to any request made, that by definition, there was only one or maybe two personalities to which I would have to adapt in the course of the work. That it was work wherein I would become a true friend and confidant of the employer. The list is likely much longer, depending upon how many movies or books featuring a butler one has consumed. Behind the misperceptions, though, the idea of serving someone else, of being a trusted resource for someone, attracts me to this day. Some might claim that running an employee-owned company created daily occurrences of service to its employee owners, or that leading a private foundation making grants and microloans in Nicaragua might be the very definition of service to others. But as personal as I might have tried to be in those roles, both tended to be organizational in nature, too often with some degree of distance between myself and the other. It seemed to me that a butler would always be the essential relationship, close and personal, with the employer. I would never have to speculate about where the next opportunity for service would emerge or how to be making a difference for someone. It was as close as the master's call. I worked very hard to incorporate the notion of servant leadership within organizational work, perhaps with butlers in mind. When Robert Greenleaf first published his essay, The Servant Leader, it became a centerpiece of organizational philosophy for me. Quote, the care taken by the servant first to make sure that other people's highest priority needs are being served, unquote. Seeking to serve others within a corporate environment in 1990 as a matter of policy and practice was non-traditional, to say the least. It was an initiative which turned upside down traditional views of organizational life, authority, and power. But it came as close as I could fathom to being in service within a for-profit environment. At one moment, it occasioned a telling question from a friend outside of the company. He asked, are you trying to be the chief executive of the company or are you trying to be the chaplain of it? The best answer might have been that I was seeking to be the servant, the butler. Working with rural producers in Nicaragua put me closer to the butler's pantry. Winds of Peace Foundation placed funding directly into people's lives so that they could plant, nurture, harvest, and sell to make a living high-priority needs, indeed. Yet even travel into the remote countryside of Nicaragua left space between lender and recipient. 
Too often, the cooperative seeking assistance was fronted by a president or a spokesperson. The ability to see beyond, to touch the hand and heart of a producer, was frustratingly limited. Such is the nature of development work, even when it attempts to be done in a directly personal and respectful way. Maybe my desire to be a butler was an effort to seek the easy way out. Meeting the needs and priorities of the master is clean and uncomplicated. Likewise, if vocation consists solely of doing organizational work, the burden of introspection and decision-making often becomes diluted under the cover of organizational needs. There exists an arm's-length security in such efforts, one that insulates from the true realities of the other. Maybe I have misunderstood or deliberately misinterpreted my call to the butlery. Service to those most in need is probably not something that can be done in waistcoat and white gloves or from a distance. Nonetheless, the butler should do it, as must I. It is often messy, uncomfortable work that forces me to come face to face with my own priorities and lifestyles and faith. If I'm the only guy to ever harbor such a fantasy as servanthood, then I'll live with the consequences of my confession. The fact is, I think I would have made a terrific butler. Just don't call me Jeeves.